How would you describe the importance of analytics in the context of a law firm's website? The law firm website is one of your best sales tools, right? After your your lawyers. And the website is one of the very first impressions that a potential client has with the firm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we as legal marketers need to know how people are coming to the website, how they're interacting with the website, what content is working, what content's not, and how we can put our, you know, our best foot forward. So if, if you don't have a functioning website um, that is providing good information, it shouldn't just be a digital um, brochure, right? Which a lot of uh, firms' websites are. It should be a resource for clients and, you know, that people you go to and that um, newspapers reference and, and things mm -hmm. like that. So it, it's a super vital, uh, part of the sales function uh, in a law firm today. Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Tales show. Today, my guest joins me from Southeast Asia and his name is William McLaughlin. William, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, William, I did a little bit of research on you, as I do with all of my guests, and I've noticed that you had an undergraduate degree in political science, and then you got your master's in international relations, and you're currently the markets manager at KPMG Law Asia Pacific. Can you tell us a little bit more about KPMG Law and your role as market manager? Sure. Well, KPMG Law, um, yeah, I'm, I work in the markets team in, in the Asia Pacific region. So I help our member firms across 12 jurisdictions with all of their marketing um, and business development efforts uh, from a regional basis. Um, and one thing that's interesting about KPMG Law is we're actually affiliated with KPMG, right? The auditing and advisory uh, firm. So we work together to, to provide that sort of, you know, one-stop shop integrated services for our clients. So a big part of the business development team's role is to, you know, build those relationships across this whole big network um, and make sure our lawyers are operating as best they can. Wonderful. Wonderful. Very interesting. So um, you're originally from the United States, Pennsylvania. You told me earlier in the pre-interview, um, but you've lived and worked in Thailand for over 10 years now. What brought you to Southeast Asia? What made you take the move? Yeah, 13 years, I think. I came in 2010. Um, well, I graduated, for context, I graduated university in 2009 during the whole big financial crisis. Um, and I was working in local government in, in Harrisburg in the Capitol building in the most boring job uh, you'd ever hope to have. And it's like, okay, I was sitting in my cubicle. I was like, okay, I need to get out of the U.S. Um, and I studied about Southeast Asia in my undergrad. Uh, about, you know, the financial collapse of 1997 and all of that. I was quite intrigued with the region. Uh, so kind of out of the blue, I just uh, moved to Southeast Asia, traveled all around the, the countries. There's 10 countries in Southeast Asia. And I like Thailand the best, uh, specifically Bangkok. It's a good mix of rural, gritty, but also metro, uh, you know, you have the big, big city with the subways and all of that is very uh, convenient. Um, so I ended up working for a research department at a university, and then I ended up falling into a job at Baker McKenzie, um, and I kind of just fell into the legal industry and have been here ever since. Very cool. Very, very brave on your part, for sure. Now, when you made the move and you moved to Thailand, did you speak Thai or, or what, what do they speak English there? How does that work? 
No, so I worked mainly with people who spoke English. So mm -hmm. I kind of had to force myself to learn Thai, uh, but I've been here 13 years, so I, I can speak conversational Thai and uh, business Thai, but um, you just kind of pick it up as, as you start you know, working with people. Though my, my American accent has changed, has shifted a bit. Um, so I always have to force myself, okay, I'm speaking to another foreigner in English, so I have to bring back my uh, Pennsylvania accent. But um, it, that's, that's a big challenge, actually, is uh, speak, you know, speaking English again. <laughs> mm, yes, yes. I uh, actually uprooted from Germany. I was born and raised in Germany. I left Germany at the age of 22, kind of like, Okay. I was like, I have to leave. I need to figure out something. I was stuck at a at a, a blue collar job um, as a concrete finisher, knowing that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And I was kind of stuck in that in that industry while in Germany. So I moved to the United States, had an opportunity to do that. And same thing, I had to learn a language as I immersed myself in the culture. So it was my English was terrible. I had to translate everything from English to German, German to English again in order to communicate. So, but over the years, you know, I've been here for 18 years now. I adapted and then I, you know, now I have a podcast of all things. And yeah. And I can't even hear a German accent. So that's great. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, talking about podcasts, you're also the managing member of BD Roundtable. And I've followed it for a while. Very informative um, talk show. Can you tell us a little bit more about BD Roundtable and what it is and why you started that? Yeah, well, it grew out of my own self-need of finding uh, legal marketing resources because, you know, I told you I sort of was thrown into the deep end at, at Baker McKenzie and uh, like in one day I was asked to write a legal directory submission. I didn't even know what a legal directory submission was. I didn't know what Chambers was. So I went online to try and find some online communities, resources, but everything I found was very high level. It was mm -hmm. just like, oh, you need to know your client and you need to help your lawyer. It was like, well, okay, but show me how to write a legal directory submission. And there really wasn't much. So uh, I reached out to all of my peers in other firms here in Bangkok, and we just uh, got together and had monthly dinners. And that was by far the best thing um, that I could have done. It got to you know, figure out what other firms were doing got to complain about the partners, commiserate, um, and figure out how everyone's doing things and, and learn from everyone's mistakes. And we did that for years, uh, but oftentimes it was the blind leading the blind. We didn't really have an industry expert to talk to and ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, so in January, 2020, um, I decided to, well, let's just throw up a website. We'll make this sort of international. We'll do it on, on Zoom. And then COVID happened, which, was a bit of a blessing uh, because everyone was a bit more primed to do these uh, video uh, sessions and people had a bit of free time. So yeah, so we started doing sessions. Now we're over 600 members across 32 countries, I believe. Um, and the main point of the BD Roundtable was just to be a platform for legal marketers to find resources and, and talk together um, either virtually or locally. That's amazing that you have over 600 members now. Uh, in well, I, mem I say members, but it's people who have signed up uh, to, sure. to our email. Um, and it's very dependent on time zone. So we, we tried, we're a bit more active in Southeast Asia. So we are looking for uh, people to host sessions in, in uh, North America and Europe. But uh, yeah, it's still going um, and uh, we're still putting out resources. 
I love that. I love that. That, that. That's how this show started out of necessity as well for me to learn more about marketing because I started full-time in this career, like I told you in the pre-interview in July. And I also needed to get some more ideas on how to do things. So my idea was get people like you on the show who's been doing this for a while. I ask the questions that I have about a particular topic. Yes. They, they tell me and I might as well just share it with the world. Yeah. yeah, very self-serving because usually the themes that I ask questions about or invite people to speak on or something that I had to do like that month or something that I have coming up. Uh, so I just ask an expert and, and they share and we get to share with uh, everyone who can benefit. That's right. That's right. So back to your uh, education real quick, political science, international relations. You know, some people with that kind of background tend to go into law school, maybe become lawyers or diplomats. And you worked in government for a while. And you said you fell into your role at Baker McKenzie. But did you know you wanted to get into marketing or when did no, you? No, who does? I don't know anyone who planned to be a legal marketer, legal business developer. This is sort of like something that pops up. Um, so I, I was working for a university in the research department doing economic stuff, you know, something that I thought I wanted to do. Um, and it was good because I could get a visa, right? I'm still in Thailand. I'm not a, a Thai citizen. So that is another dimension to it. Is it so I need a job to keep my visa. Um, and we did an event with Baker McKenzie. Um, I knew one of the business developers who, who I happened to go to summer camp with in Pennsylvania, of all places. Uh, met him in Bangkok. He was leaving to the U.S., he was kind enough to put my CV in front of the managing partner. And a week later, I was doing a chamber submission. Um, so it was basically, well, here's a path. And I just kind of took it to, to stay in Thailand. And I ended up liking it because every day is different, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the skills that I develop in the legal marketing uh, industry are transferable to really any industry. Um, and yeah, I, I've stayed in it for so long because one day I'll be planning a, a big conference. Another day I'm editing the website. Another day I'm, you know, training lawyers on how to do business development. So it, it keeps you on your toes and keeps you busy. It sure does. It sure does. And you have a knack for it too, I can tell. So good on you. <laughs> Thanks. Congratulations on finding that and getting that opportunity through networking. So wonderful. Yes, Absolutely. So when we planned this interview, you told me that you're interested in the tech side of marketing, specifically analytics. So how would you describe the importance of analytics in the context of law of a law firm's website? Well, I think the law firm website is one of your best sales tool, right? After your, your lawyers. Hmm. Um, and here in Southeast Asia, still uh, sales is a bit of a dirty word. Um, the, the legal industry is meant to, you know, be a profession, like a, you know, service that you're giving, not a you know, sales, uh, industry. Um, but that's what it is. That's what we are doing at the end of the day. We are lawyer, you know, our lawyers are selling legal services and the website is one of the very first impressions that a potential client has with the firm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we as legal marketers need to know how people are coming to the website, how they're interacting with the website, what content is working, what content's not, and how we can put ourselves um, best, you know, our best foot forward. Yeah, it's not like it used to be 50 years ago where people walk into the door of your law firm. It's more, you know, Yeah, and like 
I mean, you still have conferences, you still hand out the physical business card, and sometimes you have brochures, but now everything is digital, really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you don't have a functioning website um, that is providing good information, it shouldn't just be a digital um, brochure, right? Mm-hmm. Which a lot of uh, firms' websites are. It should be a resource for clients and, you know, that people you go to and that um, newspapers reference and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So it, it's a super vital uh, part of the sales function uh, in a law firm today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, let's dig a little bit deeper. What are some of the key metrics that law firms should track on their website and why are these specific metrics significant? Yeah, I've, I've gone through the full spectrum of this. When I first started diving into the, the legal metrics of websites and data analytics, I wanted to see all the things right in a dashboard. I wanted to see who came, where they came, how long they came, um, and the map that they took. But at the end of the day, the BD team uh, should be a revenue-driven function, right? We should be doing whatever it takes to drive revenue. And, and the core data analytic that I track you know, we still track the other stuff, but the main thing that I look at and I share with the partners is how many times people uh, click the book a meeting button, right? Mm-hmm. What content is driving people to click book a meeting or, you know, give us a phone call. Um, that's really the, the metric that counts. Uh, everything else tends to be vanity, vanity metrics. It doesn't matter if 500 people visited the website in one day and 400 visited the next day and a thousand. You can look at the trends, that's fine, that's good. Um, but what's happening? Are they actually converting? And converting mm-hmm. for us is, are they booking a meeting? And then it's up to the lawyers to kind of, you know, uh, get them in, as an engaged client. Yeah, those those beautiful vanity metrics, right? A lot of- um, Oh, a lot yeah, of- the dashboards. I love a good dashboard, right? Yes. Um, and, and the thing is, I would spend hours like, building these dashboards and doing everything and, and presenting it to the partners. And they're like, okay, all right. And, and now what? But now I can say, okay, um, this month we've booked this many meetings and this month we booked this many meetings. This was the content uh, that had a direct impact on that. So let's do more of that type of content, mm-hmm. right? And it's more of the broad strokes, looking at the trends or yeah. seeing the trends from, from quarter to quarter, year to year, as opposed to, oh, we got less people from this city and more people from this city and you know that sort of stuff yeah yes talking about that this city that's the demographics how do you think analytics can help with understanding a law firm's target audience better well you can see what content that they're interested in uh for us i mainly work for the corporate law firms not really like private in you know injury and and all of that so i'm more on the corporate side and it's not very B to C, it's sort of B to B. Um, so what I care about is the content, and we get to see what content by practice group, by content type, um, is really resonating with clients, and what content is being shared, mm-hmm. um, and and building that reputation of being, you know, providing good content. So when a company, you know, the big companies do and decide to engage our firm, they can sort of trust the content and trust the the lawyers and know that they know what they're talking about. Um, other law firms is going to be very different, right? Law firms are so different in scope and size and, and everything. So if you're a private injury uh, law firm, sure, you will want to know 
specifically like which uh, jurisdiction, which city, which zip code, you know, you're, you're getting leads from, then you can, uh, if you, if you're in the U S you can put brochures and uh, ads and, and things like that. So that's super important for me. I, that that's not relevant to me. Yeah. If you're a small town um, law firm in Pennsylvania somewhere, you want to focus on that local SEO. If you don't want to get out branch. Sure. Out. Sure. Sure. And that that's where that you need to understand where your um, views are coming from. So you can really, iterate and, and really narrow down on where your key uh, clientele uh, is. Yeah, I dove into uh, website analytics a little bit more in my company as well. And I saw the post that particularly, you know, had the traction and I went back in there and updated it and made it a bit better. So it would rank a little higher to get more traffic. And, you know, this gets quite scary very quickly on the amount of stuff you can do to really tailor that in, especially like Google ads and things, you can specifically target different demographics and different um, zip codes and different, um, you know, uh, income levels and, and things like that. I tend to be a bit more on the data privacy advocate sort of thing. Um, so I, I, I don't really like to track specific people, but, you know, certainly the trends is something I'm, I'm looking at. And I take that information that I get from those beautiful dashboards that I spent hours making. Um, and we look at the trends and then we figure out how to adapt our content to that mm -hmm. um, or how to adapt the website structure. Uh, one thing I found that in, in one of the firms uh, that I've spoken to is a lot of the people will go to an article and then one of the first things that they do after they read it is they go to the lawyer profile or they go to the homepage and then they'll go directly and search for a lawyer. So then what we had to do is really bring the lawyer profiles a little bit more front and center, easy to access and make the profiles more engaging. Mm -hmm. And that really drastically increased how many people were booking a meeting, oh. right? Even, even a simple like intro video with the lawyer just talking, hey, I'm, this is my practice focus. I love to do this, uh, whatever. Um, that really increases engagement and how many meetings are booked. Uh, and you wouldn't have known that really if you didn't really focus on, you know, how your website was structured out and, and where the visitors went and what did they do. Yeah, yeah. It's all about personalization these days uh, um, on websites as well. You know, you want to put a face to the name of a law firm and sometimes having those people in front of you on a video, like you just said, makes it more personal. It makes a connection there with the audience. Yeah, and all of these cliche handshake pictures that don't even are any, aren't even pictures of your office, mm -hmm. right. Are so misleading. And then they like end up booking a car or they go and it's completely different than what they saw on the website. And it, that really resonates with people, I think. Um, and like at the BD Roundtable, we did a whole session on imagery for your website, right. On, on how to take pictures of the lawyers, how to do pictures of the office to present the, the real uh, law firm. It's easy to put a handshake picture on as a splash screen, but um, I think people can see you straight through that and doesn't yeah. give a vote of confidence. I've noticed that people get move more and more away from stock photos and they want their actual people on the website. So use there. Yes, yes, yes. Until the partners say, oh no, I don't want these associates on the website because they might be poached. So there's always going to be... There's, there's always going to be pushback by the lawyers, but you have, but for any legal marketer, you have to kind of understand that you are the legal 
marketing expert. The lawyers hired you as that. So you kind of have to push back a little bit um, and, you know, show your expertise. But yes, no, yes. no handshake photos, please. Or gavel pictures or anything like gavel? that. For sakes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Those are very popular. I've, I've used them before. Shame on me. So could you give us a, or could you give our listeners an example of how analytics have helped you help your firm improve its marketing strategy and reach more potential clients? Yeah, the, the number one thing that everyone should be doing is, okay, looking at your content, right? Figure out tr the trends, which practice areas or which type of content is doing well and which is not, right? And then what I've done is I specifically looked, okay, this is a real estate, banking, corporate M&A, and these are the types of practice groups that we have. This is the average view count, right, of, of this content. And these, this content is leading to this many uh, bookings of meetings. And there's usually one or two practice groups who are a bit slow in content, content generation or some for some reason, this content isn't working well. So then we'll, you know, help the lawyers craft some content, use keyword analytics, use keyword research, long tail keywords, and write the content based on what the people are searching for. Mm -hmm. um, and then guess what? After a few months, you can see the, the view count is coming up in line, if not surpassing the other practice groups. Then you go to the other practice groups and it, it just sort of gets better and better and better as you iterate. Um, you can even dive into the different type of content. Long form content is doing better than short content. It, it really depends on, on the law firm. Um, but that's where I've provided, I think, a lot of value uh, to the partners is, is helping them get their content game um, mm -hmm. up to where it needs to be through that iteration. And the only way I could do that is looking at the, the, the analytics of it. Okay, great. And I assume you do a lot of written content on your website? Yes, yes. Uh, lawyers are great at the law, mm -hmm. right? They are very good at it. They're not great at writing content for clients. Sure. Uh, so one of the main roles for the marketing team is to help the client or help the lawyers mm -hmm. uh, with that content um, or translate, right? I, I use the word translate because you are translating it from their head to to benefit the, um, the client. So do that again and again and, and really help them. That, that is going to get a lot of conversions um, and more engagements. That's right. You want to translate it so the person who doesn't have a law degree is able to understand what the lawyer said. Yeah, like I, I don't, I mean, now I kind of understand what's going on in the law because I've just been in it. But if I read something and I have to read it twice, mm -hmm. like, mm, no, we, we got to kind of start again. And yeah. oftentimes I'll just go sit with the lawyer and say, okay, what happened? What, what's going on? Why, why would I care? Or why would a business care about this? And they'll just very succinctly give me the perfect like intro paragraph. And then I can sort of mm -hmm. craft something uh, for that. And also repurposing the content. So long form content is great, right? Uh, it's good for SEO. You, you have your long form content. When people are searching for stuff, it pops up. But that doesn't work well on LinkedIn, right? So you have to repurpose, recycle that content, get the lawyers to do a short video summary of what, what are the key issues that are going on in that particular legal update or whatnot, um, interview clients, and just really push the lawyers to, to do that sort of BD marketing 
yeah. uh, work. Yeah, I'm big on social proof. So I always encourage people to interview their clients, get them on camera, give them that testimonial style stuff because people buy from people. People want to know. They, a lot of people don't want to be the first to go and buy. They want to see if somebody else went that route and if that worked out. So give them a yep. little and, and the lawyers, all, one of the questions the lawyers ask me is, well, how can I get like band one or tier one ranking in legal 500 and chambers? Uh, well, you got to get yourself out there. Um, and, and the BD teams, BD departments, marketing departments can help you do that if you want. But not every lawyer wants to do that. Some lawyers just want to be a, you know, do the law and are happy uh, writing the contracts. That's great. Right? But mm -hmm. find the lawyers who are happy to, to work with you and, and craft the content. Um, and that will make your job so much easier. And at the end of the quarter or the end of the year, you can look at the data and then you can say, hey, these three lawyers uh, wrote these types of articles. This is what happened before. This is what happened now. If we did it with you know, some of the other practice groups, this is what we would expect to see. Mm -hmm. So you as a legal marketer are going to the partnership with data. Lawyers love data. It's not you know, you don't want to say gut feeling sort of stuff. You want to say, hey, this is what we did. This is what we're doing now. This is the result. And if we do it, we should be getting this. And this should result in X amount of revenue. Or mm -hmm. um, and they love that. And that, that makes your job so much easier instead of just going at it by yourself. Like you're, you're one team, right? You can't just be the marketing team and do the market. You have to work with the lawyers, um, which is a whole thing in itself. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yes, uh, a lot. It's all based on evidence and proof in, in law. So if you can provide that proof, they respect you for that. And that's why data is great. That's why Google Analytics and all these uh, platforms and software really drive home um, when you're presenting to the partners. Hey, this is real data. This is what the clients are doing because the lawyers don't see that, right? They're in a whole different sort of mindset. They're not, they don't know how many people are coming to the website. They don't know what sort of traction they're getting on social media. Uh, they just know a figure, but they don't have the context around that. So you always have to provide that context. That is true. That is true. And that's great advice too. Thank you for that. So something big is happening on July 1st, 2023. Universal Analytics is going to be stopped and GA4 is going to be implemented. So Let's say there's a law firm listening or a lawyer listening to this podcast. So for law firms just starting out or just delving into website analytics, what would be your top tips for them getting started? Before you talk to any supplier or any SEO expert or anything like that, take a week, take a weekend, take an afternoon, go on YouTube and binge as many videos as you can, right? The resources are out there specifically on uh, data analytics. Um, and there are, you know, on the BD Roundtable, there are videos specifically for law firms, SEO and data analytics and, and everything. So you need to have a basic understanding of what is available, what you can do, and how does it work? And what is the terminology that is being used before you talk to anyone about it? So do that first. Um, right, have a basic understanding and then just get your feet wet and just set up Google Tag Manager and start, you know, you need a baseline, mm -hmm. right? So after you've done that, maybe you've engaged someone or maybe you decided to do it in-house, in get a baseline of what your website's doing. Hopefully your website is decent, right? And it has decent content. Mm -hmm. 
And then look at the broad strokes and see, okay, look at the trends, what's going on, and then just reiterate. It's, this is a long game, right? This is not a short-term uh, sort of thing. Um, and you can't really cheat your way anymore. There's no, you can't sort of black hat this stuff anymore. Uh, good content will trump shitty content any, any day. Um, and if you want your website to, to come across as professional, you need to get the professional content up. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. Um, what is one important lesson that you have learned over the course of your legal marketing career that you can share with the audience? One thing that st st stands out to you? I would say you need to define your role and scope within the firm and have clear KPIs or goals. Mm -hmm. Right? And if you don't have that, you need to have a sit down with the managing partner or the partnership and really identify what your scope is. Most firms, I think, tend to group BDM marketing together. So then the BDM marketing team do lots of different stuff, but they're not an expert in any one thing. So it may feel like you're doing a lot, but at the end of the day, you're not helping to generate much revenue or you can't prove it, right? Um, so my biggest lesson is you need to really filter out all that other noise and agree with your partners. Okay, this is what my KPI is and, and work toward that. Mm -hmm. That would be like my main advice to anyone just kind of starting out is really don't be that what jack of all trades because yes, it might be useful, but um, I don't know how much value you're going to provide at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. Before we close the episode, what are two books or other resources you would recommend anyone in legal marketing or wanting to get into legal marketing or who's a lawyer trying to market their legal services to to read? Books. Well, I have never read a legal marketing book, like physical book, because probably by the time it's written and printed, like chat GTP comes out and it becomes obsolete. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, biggest resource Again, YouTube, LinkedIn, there's loads of people um, that you can connect with. Um, Kaushik Prakash is, is a good person to connect with on Law Firm SEO. Um, also follow SEMrush, um, S-E-M-R-U-S-H. Their, their content is really good. Um, and you can actually repurpose that content for the law firm and, and, and uh and uh, take it and run with it. So yeah, just YouTube all the things and and, and put yourself out there and, and ask questions. Yeah, totally agree. YouTube is such a rich um, content uh, hub. Yes, and, and you can specifically ask questions about what you need to do um, for a law firm and you're gonna find hopefully uh, a lot of videos, but you're gonna have to watch pretty much all of them to make sure you understand because you might find a few BS videos here and there. Um, so you need to take the time to, to watch it. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my biggest resources. LinkedIn, YouTube, and other peers, other people in other law firms. So yes. uh, reach out to everyone. Start your own BD roundtable, a local group, uh, casual dinner, chit chat. That would be a, a big resource as well. Do you have uh, YouTube videos of the BD roundtable? Yeah, they're all on there. All of them are on there. So uh, you just go to BD Roundtable, so type BD Roundtable on YouTube or mm -hmm. it's bdroundtable.com. If you click on, I think it's a technology and systems tab under the resources, you'll find a whole bunch of um, videos where we actually like walk you through step-by-step step how to do Google Tag Manager, 
SEO primer for law firms, uh, data-driven BD function roles and things like that. So there's, there's a lot on there. And it's this sort of format. So it's just us talking, chit-chatting. Yeah. Um, so it's easy to follow. Awesome. Last question. How can, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to learn more about you or BD Roundtable or get some advice on analytics? Yeah, sure. LinkedIn is the best place. Just type in BD Roundtable. You'll find me, you'll find uh, the group and you'll find all the resources there. Wonderful. Wonderful. Hey, thanks, William. Really appreciate you being on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to help. All right. You take care now.